0: The gift of grace is an amazing thing. It's so misunderstood. We love using the word. I'm not sure we love using it. Because to use grace is to use God's grace. Because we don't have much of our own. God's grace is different than ours. Our grace is conditional. You do something nice for me, I'll do something nice for you. Well, that's not grace. That's paying. You did something, so I did something for you. And you did something for me. And we keep track of our grace, don't we? Well, you've asked me for help three times. You've only helped me once. Now, I, I know none of you ever say that to someone. But a lot of people seem to. Our grace is so different than his grace. His grace is not just amazing. It is Sometimes hard to believe, but it's still true. His grace is truly amazing, and yet it's not something made in movies, it's true. So what we're looking at this morning is the gift of grace. What is it? How do we use it? And how do we live it out? His amazing grace. If you follow along, we're going to be taking a look in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, and in the book of Ephesians, Matthew 11 and Ephesians 2, to try to understand this thing of grace and to try to live this out as well. Well, let's set our minds right here. In the struggles and in the questions, in the tears and the fears, Lord, shine your grace. In the darkness and in the wandering, in the in-between times, Lord, show your grace. To the hurting, to the broken, and to the hopeless, Lord, share Your grace. Let grace, God's amazing grace, dominate our lives. And may God and his grace be seen in us. May grace, God's grace, overflow from us. May our homes, our community, our city, our county, our country, and even our world be changed because of God's amazing grace seen in us. The gift of grace. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 28, and I'm reading in the English Standard Version. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When it's our grace it's heavy. When it's his grace it's light. When it's our grace it is a burden. When it's his grace It's a blessing. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's grace. We are his workmanship when we allow his amazing grace to work in us. So often, we try to earn it. We try to work it out on our own. I think that's why In the gospel of Matthew, it says that come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden. Because trying to do it on your own just wears us out. And in case you didn't know it, trying to do it yourself wears out the people around you as well. Because your grace isn't that graceful. Now, I have rarely, if ever, been accused or described as being graceful. Just has never happened. I'm deeply hurt by that, but it just isn't part of who I am. There, there's no one who goes, I'm just so graceful. I've been called a lot of other things, but not graceful. But that's talking about the physical stature, the traits, and how we move and act. But this week, I was thinking, I'm not so worried about that. Oh, I wish I was graceful, but ain't gonna happen. I crashed at home this week. Wednesday night, after Bible study, we did a drive through and took some food home to eat, and As I was walking with my plate to sit down, I stepped on something that was left where it shouldn't have been. Oh, neither one of us had moved it when we both had stepped over it, and I didn't step over it this time. I stepped on it. And with all the grace in the world, I tumbled through my plate all the food I had just purchased, and... A condiment that was in my hand squirted. As I lay there listening to my wife laugh, because it was so graceful, I thought, yep, graceful, just not going to happen. But then it struck me besides the floor that that's not really the gracefulness I'm shooting for, which is a good thing. But I would love to be described as being full of his grace. But what is that grace? What does it mean? What does it look like? Beacon's Dictionary of Bible Theology says that grace is God's spontaneous, though unmerited love for sinful man. Spontaneous, unmerited love for sinful man, supremely revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, the greatest picture of grace is Jesus on the cross, And the empty tomb. It's the foundational element of gospel. You cannot describe the gospel of Jesus Christ without describing the grace of Jesus Christ. The essence of the doctrine of grace is that although we deserve to have God being against us. God is miraculously for us. picture undeserved and yet he supports us undeserved and yet he loves us undeserved and yet he forgives and offers his grace that's pretty amazing That's what I want to be filled with. For you see, God's grace is not just this warm, fuzzy feeling that God loves us. God's grace is not static. It is not stationary. And it is absolutely never passive. Let me make sure you understand that. God's grace is not wimpy. It's not sitting still. God's grace is dynamic, always the strength we need, always what we need, always providing for us. The best picture of God's love and action is God's grace. So what do we need to know? To understand this grace, first of all, you need to know that you are invited into His grace. Matthew 11, that we read, come to me. Have you ever thought about that? That's your invitation. And Satan loves to tell you that when the scripture says, come to me, it means everybody but you. Well, first of all, he's a liar. And secondly, it does mean you. The original language says, come to me. The original language, when you break it all down, means, come to me. We try to make this way too complicated. You've been invited. There is no misunderstanding. It didn't get lost in the mail. They didn't have a wrong letter in your email address. God's invitation to grace is for you. You have been invited. In fact, it is a personal invitation. God's invitation, come to me. God's invitation of his amazing grace has your name on it. Let me say again what I've said a few times before. Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. Satan knows your name, but calls you by your past. Jesus knows your sin and your past and calls you by your name and invites you into his grace. Now, let me make sure you understand this, too. That invitation is not just for those of us that are here. It's for every person you will encounter this week. Yeah, even them. Because <laughs> somebody just came to mind and you went, I'm not so sure. We were all one of those I'm not so sure's in our life, too. And thank goodness the invitation is for us. You are invited. Secondly, you need to understand that this invitation does not require any earning. You do not have to earn it. Ephesians chapter 2 that we read, verses 8 and 9, describe this. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of your own doing. In case you're not sure what that means, it is not of your own doing. In case you're still confused, it's not of your own doing. You cannot earn it. Not only do you not need to earn it, you can't earn it. It's kind of like going to one of those car shows or one of those boat shows or whatever other thing that you think of that would be, wouldn't that be nice? Then say, but I could never make enough to get that. Satan tries to tell you that's what God's grace is. It's the epitome of the show, and you'll never get it. You don't have to earn it. The prize has already been offered, you've already been invited. Isn't it nice to know that since you can't earn it, you don't have to earn it? <laughs> Isn't it nice to know that since you'll never be good enough, you don't have to be good enough? Because he is. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's amazing. Because it's for all of us. And let's be honest. When we think of God's grace and think of it being given, we go, you know, I can understand why he would give it to me. But eh, I'm not so sure about some of the rest of you. (laughs) You don't have to earn it. You can't. But the good news is, you don't have to. You see, God's grace, we need to understand that this grace is not only personal, but it has been designed with you in mind. Really? That's a popular thing nowadays to have designed things for you, right? If you've ever wanted to create a website, there are a hundred companies out there that say, we'll design one just for you, even though they have cookie cutter formulas. Isn't it nice to get those invitations that have your name on them? (laughs) Until you realize it's computer generated, they just stuck a name in there. This is personally designed for you. God's grace, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus... For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Prepared for you, designed with your name on it. It was designed with mine, designed with yours. Even if you spell your name funny, some of you do, right? One of the hardest things in all the years I coached was to make sure that I not only knew all my players' names. I mean, you get to know those fairly quick. But to know how to spell it because you had to fill out all these forms. And if you spelled it wrong, the kid couldn't play because that wasn't them. I remember thinking, I sure wish all the parents would name their kids Jim, Sue, Bob, Sally, Instead of some of what they did. Some of you have those names, don't you? That every time you say your name to a place, you then just immediately start spelling it. Right? Because they're not going to figure it out on their own. God already knows that. And he's designed it with your name on it. This grace is personal. And it is a personal design. And don't miss this. Ephesians 2.10 told us that your grace has a purpose and a calling to it. God created us and he created us with a purpose and he has called us through his grace for a purpose he designed. Not just some of us, all of us. We have a tendency to mistakenly think those who arrive up front are the only ones who've been called. That isn't true my calling is no greater than your calling it's just different than your calling because you may have been called to be a school teacher as a minister for christ or a factory worker as a minister for christ or a farmer as a minister for christ or a homemaker as a minister for christ or a retiree as a minister for christ did you know that the word retire never is used in a description of a follower of Christ. Sorry. So, at least around me, don't ever say, when asked to serve, no, I'm retired. Eh. Not in here. You've been called. You've been designed. There's a purpose and a calling for every one of us. It changes through the years at times. But God has created you and called you with a purpose and a specific calling. You need to also understand that this grace was created to be lived in and out. You were to live in this grace... I think too many of us have thought it's supposed to be stored. God's grace is never to be stored up. It's to be lived out. You see, God has this limitless resource. It's him. It's limitless, which means you cannot run out of grace. You're to live in it and live it out. We should never hoard it. Seen any of those TV shows at times that talk about hoarders? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kind of amazing. I've seen people who are trying to do that with grace. Nope. Got a little more. Hold on. Got a little more. Hold on. Got a little more. Hold on. Nope. Don't take any of mine. As if it's limited. God's grace is not limited. It is limitless. It is not designed to be stored. It is designed to be lived in. Ephesians 2, you are his workmanship. And he's already prepared for you. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest. But then it says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light because it is to be lived in. And lived out. This grace that's been designed for you. That has your name in it. It is never designed. It is never intended to be kept away from anyone else. And lastly you need to understand. This grace will not burden you. We have a tendency it seems. To. to think through and sometimes even say, oh man, God's just giving me too much. Now, I'm not talking about circumstances. There are circumstances, some we create, some that are put on us, that are more than we can bear, but they're never more than God can bear, which means he will be with us, which means we can make it through it, though we cannot imagine it. However, there are those of us who have a tendency... To think that serving God is a burden instead of a blessing. I loved a layman in one of my churches. We were talking about giving. And he said, I've heard people say you need to give until it hurts. He said, I think that's backwards. What do you mean? He said, I think you need to give until it feels good. He said, if it hurts, you haven't really given what you should. If it hurts, you haven't really served the way you should. If it hurts, you haven't really prayed the way you should. Not that there aren't painful moments. We're living those out, right? This last year and a half, we understand painful moments, things we don't understand taking place in our lives and in our world. But serving Christ is a blessing. Even when it's tiresome. Even when it takes everything you have. But remember, he'll give more. (laughs) Whatever energy you just expended, he'll renew it. It shouldn't be a burden. God's grace is never that way. That's why I started with that passage in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A yoke was an agricultural contraption used to hook two animals together. Or more than two, but we normally think of two, so that they could work in tandem. They could work together. And if they were yoked and tried to go opposite directions, they went nowhere. So to think of God's grace as a yoke seems backwards until you read it. His yoke is easy, meaning if we follow his lead. If we allow ourselves to be yoked, connected to him... It is so much easier, even when it tires us out. Even when it doesn't go the way we had hoped, planned, dreamed, and prayed for. Now, the misunderstanding is that you may think that I'm saying it is easy. Life is not easy. I used to tell my students when I was teaching, when they would complain about stuff, Say, welcome to life. It's tough and then you die. Do your homework. I was known as a teacher of compassion, as you might guess. We have this tendency to think that of service. No, not at all. His grace, a gift. You couldn't earn it, but you don't have to. His gift, an invitation with your name on it. His gift, designed for you with a purpose and a calling for all of us. His gift, not a burden. The gift of grace. His amazing grace. How sweet the sound. We focus on that and we kind of forget the next line of that hymn. That saved a wretch like you. Well, actually it says me. That's his grace. Amazing. Which means if you have accepted and are living in his grace, you are amazing. Really? Now, just turn to the person beside you and say, You're amazing. Some of you were disobedient right then. Imagine if we lived with that knowledge. His grace is amazing. And if his grace is in me, then I'm amazing too. But it's his grace in me. So he gets the glory and the praise. I just get to enjoy the gift. So why not enjoy it? It's amazing. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the gift of your grace. Lord, help us to recognize it. Help us to accept it. Help us to live it out. And this week and this day, when Satan tries to tempt us, may we just remember your grace, your amazing grace that you have given us, specially designed. With our name on it. Oh Lord. This week. Help us to live this out. In your name. Amen. Let me read this again. As a blessing as you go. In the struggles and in the questions and in the fears. Lord shine your grace on me. In the darkness and the wondering. In the in between times and the tears. Lord show your grace to me. To the hurting, to the broken, to the hopeless, Lord, share your grace through me. Let grace, God's amazing grace, dominate our lives. May God be seen in us. May grace, God's grace, overflow from us. And may our homes, our community, our city, our county, our country, and even our world be changed because God's Amazing grace is seen in us. May you go in his grace. You are dismissed.